Hello and welcome to the OSU Sports Extra podcast. It's Thursday, May 4th. I'm Patrick Prince, joined as always by Dean Rule in Stillwater. Um, you know, Dean, we were just talking about the topics that we're going to tackle here, but before we kind of get into all those, uh, let's briefly kind of recap your interview with Keaton Page. Uh, he was nice enough to make some time for the podcast last week, and you guys had a uh, really good interview, and he was insightful and kind of funny at times and told some nice little anecdotes. Um, that was a good listen, and I, I didn't, does he have a staff with all that he, all, all that he does? They have, they have some graduate assistants, but no, it's mostly his, his, all those tasks are his to complete. I mean, he was rattling off all the things that he has to do and all the coordinating and all the planning and booking and all that. And I'm just like, tell me you have a staff, dude. Like, anyway, he's, I mean, all coaches are insanely busy, I realize, but it sounds like, you know, in his role, he's, you know, half coaching and well, maybe not even half, but, you know, coaching and all these administrative duties. And, and then he's got, you know, what, three young kids all under five, he said, I think. Yeah. I mean, anyway, it was, he, you know, he was, he was a high school star in this state kind of before your time, Dean, but he was, um, I thought it was a really great conversation. So if you, uh, I, I would encourage folks to go check that out if you haven't had a chance to listen to it yet. And we, of course, appreciate his time. Dean, let's start with the uh, portal. Uh, the, the transfer portal is now closed. Why don't you kind of bring us up to speed on where OSU is? Talking about OSU football. Yeah, I think every journalist in uh, that covers college football can take a, a sigh of relief that there's not going to be any open portal for the next seven months. Um, but regardless, yeah, it closed this past Sunday. So the spring window is more of an abbreviated time. It's only 15 days compared to the winter window. That's 45 days. But OSU, yeah, I think everybody remembers the brutality that was OSU's uh, offseason in terms of losing 16 players and a good handful of them were starters and the rest were, you know, impact depth pieces. So to only lose one, you know, Caleb Etienne hops in the portal, their left tackle, it appears that Dalton Cooper's beat him out for that starting spot. So uh, he quickly hopped in the portal and even even quicker he landed at BYU so he's going to stay in the conference but regardless OSU already replaced that roster number with uh, Jarrett Henry who's a, a junior college offensive tackle um, so yeah I think he had some walk-ons leave um, depending on how you want to you want to classify all that but uh, overall, they, they made it through the spring pretty unscathed after a pretty brutal summer, and it's it's interesting. I remember back in, you know, right when I moved on to the beat, Patrick, December, January time, and they were having this just <laughs> exodus of players, uh, and a lot of the national attention was, hey, look how many guys that OSU's had leave and, and all that, and I think there's still an argument to, to be made of, well, hey, OSU lost a lot of quality, and nowadays, you know, at 17 scholarships, at 17 scholarship players leaving, um, you can say it's not an issue of quantity that left, but it's an issue of quality that left. I think that argument can still be made, but uh, I mean, this team doesn't even rank in the top 20 nationally anymore, Patrick, in terms of um, uh, transfer portal departures. You know, those honors kind of belong to uh, Colorado, who's got Deion Sanders now, and they've got 56 guys, and they think that number 
as, as some of these portal entries become official in the portal, that number might increase a little bit more. And you've got, you know, Texas A&M and Oregon and Arizona State who are well in the 30s, Ole Miss. Um, so so it, it's interesting how it's all played out when you when you take a step back and look at it, because, yeah, January was such a disastrous month for, for OSU football. And now to be able to get through spring practice and get, you know, new players acclimated and then retain your players. I think it it overall was a, actually it's, to come out of this unscathed, I think is actually pretty promising for what next season is going to look like in four months. Yeah, I think context here is important, Dean, because it it looked it looked as if it was kind of bad. Like there was, you know, and, and like you said, they, they did lose some some quality, uh, but even the quantity looked looked a little alarming as well. But now that the portal's closed and you take a look at the national picture, as you pointed out, it wasn't wasn't that bad, right? I mean, and that's not that's not me putting a positive spin on it. That's just what the numbers tell you, correct? I mean, I think your story said Colorado lost fifty six players. Now that's a little bit it's a little bit different. I mean, uh, Deion Sanders kind of said he was going to run people off. He's yeah, he's, he's doing exactly what he said he was going to do, and they've really struggled. So I mean, that's you know, but even. Like you said, OSU's not even in with the top 20, you said? Yeah, so nationally, in top, they're not in the top 20 in terms of portal departures. Now, when you get down into some of those lower, you know, the 30s, 40s, 50s, some of those numbers are not accurate all the time. But so, so the, those top 20, you know, it's easy to say, okay, here are the schools that lost the – here are the 20 schools that lost the most transfer departures. OSU does not appear in that with their 17. Um but regardless, like, like, let's not sugarcoat this, Patrick. They still lost their starting quarterback of four mm-hmm. years and their starting running back and a starting cornerback who I think was really good last year. And it's always – it's hard. I think cornerback – when you have a good cornerback, it's hard to – like, it's such a weird, I think, position to be like, oh, when you lose that guy, it's hard to replace. But I think cornerback plays become so interesting over the past couple of years. And when you've got a guy like – uh, Jabbar Muhammad, who, who really fit that role and played it well, it's hard to replace uh, what he has. Not that OSU doesn't have a replacement on the roster, but I think there will be some growing pains there. Uh, and and when, when people talk about um, what spot got hit the hardest by transfer, I think cornerback doesn't get brought up a ton, but I think it could be pretty impactful um, come this fall. So, so anyway, Patrick, I, I bring all that up to say, let's not sugarcoat. Let's not say, oh, it was only 17. Well, they you know, they lost a ton of guys who had a ton of experience and a ton of starting uh or a ton of starting experience i guess is, is the better way to say it there so let's not sugarcoat that but i think also it's important to note hey they lost only 17 which i think there's a couple other programs on that list um that would say in that top 20 that would say yeah i'd rather have lost 17 instead of 25 or 31 um so all in all it, I think that's worth noting the context. I think let's look at this nationally, but let's also say, okay, hey, just because it's 17, let's not classify this as a win. I think I think what I think you can classify them only losing one player in this spring window. I think you can classify that as a win. But I also think we don't know the answer just yet of if they've been able to successfully replace the guys they lost with the guys they brought in. And I think we won't know that answer until fall. Didn't your story say, Dean, that there's what a thousand players still in the portal? Isn't that right? Yeah. So, so overall, uh, thirty-two hundred. Just 
just over 3,200 kids um, ended up entering the transfer portal. Uh, and at this point, yeah, just shy or, or just over a thousand are still left in the portal now. Kids can still commit now. Just because the portal window has closed doesn't mean kids can't still commit. And there's still a lot of guys who are obviously going to find a new home because of their talent level. Um, so that number is going to drop. But so I, I think that's a cautionary tale of, well, hold on. Let's, I, I think those numbers should be more. I think those numbers should be shared a bit more to kids who are wanting to go in the portal because, hey, just because you go in, you're not guaranteed to ever come out. Yeah. Uh, let's stay with the portal topic uh, and talk about uh, OSU men's basketball. They, they've, they still got some more to do, correct, with with their roster. Yeah, um, they've. I guess if we if we look at their numbers, they, they've lost five players. In, into the transfer portal, and I think all have committed now, except Woody Newton. Oh, no, Woody Newton's going to George Mason. Um, so, yeah, and, and they, they brought in one. They got Javon Small out of East Carolina, who I think checks off a lot of the boxes that they were wanting to check off this, this offseason in terms of a dynamic guard. He can He's a playmaker, but he's also a scorer. I think he, he really checks off a lot of those – those boxes that needed to be checked off. Um, and then on top of that, they, they bring in a, a sizable high school class. You've got five guys. So in, in total, they've, they've brought in six guys. They've lost five. And then on top of that, they've lost two to graduation. Um, so overall, it, it, they're still playing the numbers game. They're, they may or may not. Uh, decision has not been made on if they're going to use that final scholarship production this year or save it for the following year. But regardless, it's it's a numbers game over there. And I think, you know, if, if we put it on like a panic meter, like a, a, when are you hitting the panic button? Because all these, I mean, Hunter Dixon, who was the, the top player in the transfer portal, um, he committed to Kansas today. And Kansas, so obviously Kansas is always going to be a juggernaut in basketball, Patrick. And Kansas State got insanely good this offseason after going to the Elite Eight. Uh, so I think you need to, if we look around the Big 12, you got to say, okay, wait a minute. All these schools are, are really starting to get ready. You know, the, all these schools have gotten better around us. Not that OSU hasn't gotten better, but there's, I don't think that they expected to be on, you know, May 4th and only have brought in one guy in through the transfer portal. Right. Maybe I'm wrong on that, but but I think as the transfer portal is going to slowly kind of die down and people have gotten who they wanted to get and, and they're going to move on to the next part of the offseason, I, I think OSU probably wanted – they were tied to a ton of guys, and I think to only be at one right now might be a little concerning is, is what I'm trying to say, I think. Dean, let's talk a little softball. The uh, Cowgirls are going to host the Sooners this weekend for three games – uh, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Um, kind of what's your take on where OSU softball stands right now? They kind of had that that skid for a while. What's where where are they now? Uh, I, I think it's safe to say that they might still be on that skid, Patrick. They're they've lost. They they played North Texas uh, on Wednesday night and they lost that five to one, which is now seven of their last nine games uh, have ended in losses. 
and to kind of hit that skid at the end of the season is always probably not what you want to do. And then on top of that, hitting that skid going into a bedlam weekend against OU is definitely not something you want to do because I think you run the risk. They could end um, they could end the regular season having lost 10 of their last 12 games. And, and, and I think what Kenny Gajewski always seems to emphasize is, hey, we want to be a top eight team. Because if you're a top eight team, you're not only going to get to host a regional, but you're going to get to host a super regional. And so what that does is that allows you to stay. You could go win a national championship and not have to leave your own backyard because you'd play in Stillwater, then you'd play the super in Stillwater, and then you'd go to Oklahoma City for the college World, Women's College World Series. And so I think that's something super important, and I think he emphasizes that a lot. And I think what they're running the risk of right now is – Hey, what if we don't, what if we can't, I, I I doubt that they would drop out of the top 16. I think they're going to host a regional, even if they get swept by OU. I think what they're starting to run the risk of is they might not get to host that super. And that super regional has always been super important to what they do. Um, and, and I, you know, I wrote about this last week, Patrick, when you, when you talk to the team and when you talk to, to Kenny Gajewski, it's always about, the issue right now is that they're not getting timely hitting. They're getting people on base. They're they're walking. They're not striking out a ton. They're getting hits. The problem is they're leaving these people on base. So I, I think it was they had 40 in the past. Let's see, going into their Texas Tech series, they had 40 people safely reach. They had 40 batters safely reach base, and 33 of them were left stranded. Wow. So that's. So that's not going to win you a lot of games. Um, and I think they're still kind of dealing with that issue because they're getting decent pitching. I, I don't think you, you wouldn't look at the pitching staff and say, okay, this is where the problem is. Or you wouldn't say, hey, they're striking out this much. It's it's They need that clutch, the, those clutch hits, and, and they're just not getting them right now. And the problem with not getting them right now is you're running out of season to, to, to fix that issue. And you don't want to go – you don't want to limp into postseason play because – then you become susceptible to being upset. So where are they ranked nationally now? Because they were at one point, two, three, where were they? Yes, yeah, so, I mean, they spent the whole season up at, um, yeah, number two and number three in, in the bigger polls. The problem is there's, I mean, 50,000 softball polls, Patrick, so it's, it's hard to get a gauge, but uh, they're sitting right around that six, seven, eight spot uh, this week. And then... Um, I guess where, where it's really going to be important is where they're sitting uh, following Bedlam, how much if they get swept, if they maybe win one or if they even win the series. You know, that's the other thing. If you win two out of three against OU, all of a sudden you're sitting pretty again, you know. Oh, yeah. I mean, they absolutely. I mean, e easier said than done, but yeah. Uh, yeah, you're 100 you're hundred percent right. Yeah. So, I mean, if, if, you, if you're able to steal two in this weekend um, – Obviously, it's going to be a big environment. You know, this is a a premier event. This is the ser weekend series for for these two teams this year. Um, so yeah, if OSU can can win this weekend series, and all of a sudden I say, oh, no reason to panic. They're going to be, they they beat OU twice. They're going to be able to get into that uh, into that super hosting that super regional. But I think if you get swept, then I still think you're on you're on thin ice, especially going into the Big Twelve tournament, which 
if you lose early in that, then I think you you really put yourself out of host in the super regional. Yeah. Uh, so Friday, just FYI for everybody. So Friday night's games on ESPN two. Saturday is on ESPN, and the Sunday game is on ESPN plus. That's it. That's at two o'clock. Uh, just a little FYI for folks out there. Um, let's talk NFL draft for a minute, Dean. Um, of the OSU players who were drafted or signed uh, free agent deals, who who do you, who do you look at as maybe making the most impact? As you know, a, a lot a lot's going to happen. It's only only May, I realize, but just just kind of on the surface, what do you think? Yeah, I think Tyler Lacey's always had the attributes of an NFL player, and I think that's why you saw him be the first OSU OSU Cowboy off the board this this past weekend at uh, going to Jacksonville in the fourth round. Um, so I think, I think he definitely could, could fit in there and, and make an impact. I think a lot of guys kind of grade him out as somebody who's going to be a, eventually reach a starting role in the NFL. He'll probably start out as a backup, but a lot of draft experts kind of put him in that, Hey, he's a middle tier starter. And, And I think Tyler Lacey can, can easily live up to that just off his size and his skill. Um, and then obviously I think we have to talk about the other one that the other OSU player that actually got drafted and that's Jason Taylor. And he slid, um, way down into the seventh round, which is a little surprising. I always, I always wonder this Patrick, if you're going to be a seventh round draft pick, are you better off trying to get drafted or are you better off going into the undrafted free agency period where you can kind of pick a little bit? Because if you're somebody like Jason Taylor, it's not that you're not going to sign in. If you don't get drafted, it's not like nobody was going to want to sign you as an undrafted free agent. And so if you know you're going to get picked in the seventh round, it's almost like do you just want to go into the undrafted free agency period so you can almost have kind of instead of getting picked, you you have choices of where you go and, and what, you know, I always wonder that, not to not to go on a tangent. But regardless, you know, Los Angeles is not the worst place to go live right now. Um so Jason Taylor going to going to the Rams is is nice lifestyle wise and and also he he's a guy that I think a lot of people liked and a lot of people didn't expect to fall that far but regardless you know as a seventh round draft pick the numbers kind of suggest you have a thirty to thirty five percent chance to make the active roster uh, so playing the numbers game he's it's, it's not the easiest climb and. Uh, you brought it up before we started recording, Patrick. Brock Martin joining the going to the Raiders and local product joining another local product with Josh Jacobs. So oh, I, I think all that's good, and and I think honestly, it's gonna the the funniest one is I think the surefire guy to make an NFL roster is going to be the long snapper Matt Hembro in Arizona because I think for. Five years I've been hearing from Mike Gundy how this kid's uh, an NFL long snapper, and, and oh, he's a shoe, and he's a shoe, and obviously a long snapper is not going to get drafted. He's going to get signed after the draft. So mm-hmm. uh, I think he's probably the surefire. He will be on the active day on the active fifty-three man roster uh, come September. So you mentioned uh, Brock Martin, and of course, as I've said in podcasts uh, previously, I love rooting. For the local kids, the, the you know the the guys that we saw uh, as high school stars around here, you know, like Malcolm Rodriguez. You mentioned you know Josh Jacobs. He went to McLean, of course. Um, you know, love seeing the local guys succeed at the next level. Uh, what do you think about Brock Martin in the NFL, buying or selling? 
Um, his draft grades were not good. Uh, just just on how they they graded out him. Um, I think you never say never. Uh, Brock Martin's obviously his his greatest attribute is his grit and toughness and be able being able to keep playing and and keep going hard. Uh, I I think that's going to get him far. I I think that's going to keep him around. Um, I'm I'm going to say never say never. He could he could eventually work his way up to to a roster spot, but I think I, I think he probably sell on on him making a roster but regardless yeah I, I i think his i would never count him out just based on the toughness and the grit he's gotten and i think he knows that fair enough uh are you going to be staffing uh softball this weekend yes all three games okay well what do you say we leave it there for this week and uh next week we'll we can dive into all that was bedlam softball um we appreciate everybody checking us out. Dean and I usually record once a week. You can check us out for free on Google, Apple, or Spotify. And, of course, you can read all of Dean's great OSU coverage at TulsaWorld.com. Uh, appreciate you, and we'll talk next week. Dean, thank you.